welcome back to the Life of an Average Joe podcast. It's October, guys. It's almost Halloween. We are so close. We're weeks away from Halloween. I guess, I guess Halloween could pass if you haven't listened to this in appropriate time. Which, if you haven't, let me tell you, you need to. Every Wednesday, unless something happens, I am dropping a new podcast every Wednesday on every platform from Amazon Music to Spotify to right here on Anchor. So make sure you find your platform that you like, that you enjoy, you follow, and you'll, be, you'll get the alerts, you'll be ready to go. Look, you already have enough alerts on your phone. I know that. But what's one more at this point in the game? I mean, you're staring at it anyway. Or if you're not listening on your phone and you're actually listening on your computer, that's okay. You could still get an alert. You can get a reminder. If you're listening to it on your tablet, you can get a reminder. You can even tell your Alexa to give you a reminder. So there's no reason why you can't find the Life of an Average Joe podcast featuring myself, Brandon Overa, anywhere on any platform across the globe to listen to this. And I say across the globe because I've got some brand new listeners in Ireland. Big shout out to Paul. Thank you so much. I'm very excited about that. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, anyways, it's Halloween is upon us. I'm so excited. Like this is truly one of those times of year where I genuinely just get excited. And, and, and I've talked about it before. Yes, it's about Halloween and the scary movies and dressing up, but it's it's everything. And it, and it goes back to my days in Michigan. And it goes back to the trees and the changing of the colors and the cool, crisp weather and that that different smell in the air you know and then college football I mean just everything and it's it's just an awesome time of year and it even no matter where you're at it truly can be an awesome time of year even if you're suffering in Texas where it's really nice in the morning really nice in the evening and still 90 and that's no joke just a couple days ago actually today it hit 90 as I'm recording this podcast but I'm not here to complain I'm here to, to, to go back to a, a time in my life that reminded me of fall, even though uh, this particular story didn't take place in the fall or around October. Uh, truth be told, I don't remember the month it took place. I, I don't know. I would have to really dig and do some research, and I don't even know if I want to do that. <laughs> um, but I'm talking about camp. And we all, maybe... Maybe none of you have gone to a camp, uh, but I feel like a lot of you have. I've talked to people uh, that have gone to camps, that have gone to day camps, that have gone to summer camps, sporting camps, uh, church camps. Uh, at some point in their life, you know, if you're a cheerleader, you went to cheer camp, you know, at some point in your life. I've only been to, besides a day camp sort of event, I've only been to one full-blown camp. And I'm not talking about going camping. I'm talking about as a kid. And that was fifth grade camp. So we're going way back, way back to a different time, fifth grade camp. And I remember hearing about fifth grade camp because the school I went to was the only school in the district that was going to fifth grade camp. And I got real lucky. I got real lucky going to the school because of the zoning, because of where we were living. Because a lot of the people that lived close to me went to another elementary school. But because of when I moved, where I moved, I got very lucky to go to this school for fifth grade camp. 
And I was excited about it, but obviously I wasn't thinking much about it. I wasn't thinking much about exactly what it was going to mean until it came. I want to say it was towards the end of the year because I remember it being warm. But truth be told, I remember so many details of it and weather, but I, I just don't remember months. I mean, look, I'm, I'm 43 years. I'm going to be 43 years old, okay? Fifth grade camp. The fact that I can even tell a, a story enough to do a podcast on fifth grade camp is enough. But I remember as it approached, a ton of my friends were jealous and just downright angry because they went to other schools and they couldn't go. But we got to go. And I remember my core group of people, man. I don't want to give away all their names, okay? I don't. But I'll just, I'll just start saying some of them. Jason and Mike and Richard. Um, the other Jason, Lance. Um, Chad. Yeah, I knew two Chads, actually. And they weren't both douches. They were actually really good friends of mine. Um, Tom. Who else? Matt, one. Matt, two. I mean, these were like my Brian core group of people, man. And we were so excited to go to fifth grade camp. Now, the cool thing about fifth grade camp was, at least when I went, number one, it was for five days. So I'm going away from my parents for five days with my buddies doing whatever I want, or at least um, allegedly thinking I can do whatever I want, to a place I've never been. And there's going to be a bunch of girls there. Now, they did separate us, but I'll get to that. The bus ride, because we took the old school buses. They wouldn't even do that nowadays. With all the weird laws and stipulations and all the nonsense that they have to do, they would never even do that. You couldn't even take the bus nowadays. I don't even think they do field trips anymore. Because it's always like, oh, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to get sued, so we're not going to do a field trip. But... Um, I'm sure they still do just some sort of stupid field trips. Not like we used to go, man. We used to go to some really great places. I went to a movie on my field trip one time. Anyway, so they took the old school yellow buses. I remember the bus driver that used to drive me to school was our bus driver that took us to camp. And it, of course the bus goes slow. And we're going out to the middle of nowhere in Michigan, which honestly was probably only two hours away. But on the bus, it feels like it's forever. And I... I wish I could remember the name of the fifth grade camp. I tried to look it up. I tried to reach out to some of my friends that went and I haven't heard back. And the ones that I did hear back from, they don't remember. If I can find it, I'll, I'll definitely tell you guys. And I'll, I mean, not that it matters, but I'll just, I'll, I'll tell you guys. But I just couldn't find it anywhere. So we were driving and the bus ride out there, we're excited because here's the thing we kind of got to pick who we wanted to room with or cabin with. And at the time, one, two, three, four, I think we had eight people in the cabin. So we got to pick eight people. Now, it, did, it wasn't a guarantee because it, it, there were some other schools there, obviously, from across the state. And we might be mixed with some of the other schools, but they really tried to push you with people that you knew as well as introduce you to new people. They did a really nice balance of that, I thought. So I picked, we, we all picked the eight people and, and whatever. Plus we all knew we were gonna hang out anyway. We got to the cabin, we got to the camp. 
and they unloaded everything and, and, and it's literally just bus after bus after bus of kids just coming off. And all we see, you know, we're in fifth grade, we see the boys and girls and girls and girls. At least that was with me. I don't know how many fifth graders are, I mean, maybe nowadays, shoot, nowadays they're probably on OnlyFans. Oh, that's disgusting. But you know what I'm saying? Like nowadays these kids are so advanced that they're not even advanced. They think they're so advanced that they're doing things that we didn't even do in fifth grade. But for me, I'm looking at girls, 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 girls. And my boys are like, girls, girls. Not that we would know what to do with them if we had an opportunity, but we were just excited, you know? This is like the first time that we're away and we're like, oh my gosh, like we, we might as well have been in Cancun. And of course they do the introductions and they have this big little, you know, this is welcome to this camp. This is what we're going to do. We're going to meet you. And they run down the itinerary and we know there's rules and they're telling us the rules. And obviously the girls were in a separate cabins on the other side of the lake. Truthfully, no doubt on the other side of the lake. This wasn't a little like, let's take a walk. There were some shortcuts and there, they used to, they had uh, golf carts and uh, different type of, uh, yeah, the bigger golf carts, like the Gators. And you could put like four or five, six people in them. And then they had these Jeeps that would drive to pick up the girls and drop them off at the, you know, like um, the events. Because we all did events. There were, there were events that we were all doing together. And then there was events that we did by ourselves. There was events for the girls, events for the boys. There was free time, like, you know, but they had it because they did not want to mix the girls and the guys together. They already know. If you've watched any horror film, you know how camp works, minus a hockey mask guy chasing you around, okay? You know what happens at camp, from the camp counselors to the kids, you already know. And after they did this, we had to pick our bags and we had to walk to our cabin. Now, I remember walking and we walked away from the main hub. You know, we walked away from, I don't even know, we'll just call it the, the main center. And that's where we had our meals. We did do some picnics and stuff, but that's where we had our meals. That's where the dance was. Yes, we had a dance. And that's where like the award ceremonies were and all that crap that nobody cared about. So I remember walking further and further away and I'm like, dude, we're, I'm hiking my backpack because you could only bring so many, so much stuff. And then we got shirts and hats and crap like that. And there was a little store there that we could spend stuff. And then I had some snacks, you know, we could bring snacks because once the food, like you had snack time, but let's say breakfast was done. If there was no snack time in between that and lunch and you were out swimming or whatever, you had to wait. So you could bring snacks. They give you all the drinks in the world, water, juice, and all that stuff. Uh, we had pop occasionally, but not much but you had to have snacks. So I remember walking and I'm like, dude, we're going up a hill. Like it felt in my little fifth grade legs, which probably haven't changed much over the last, you know, 40 something years or whatever, 30 years. I felt like we were just walking for miles. Okay, just walking for miles. And it was probably not that far, but it was through the woods and past grandma's house now. And it, and, and it was deep, you know, it felt deep in the woods. And we get to the cabin and it had this like triangle shape to it with like a wraparound porch and then like it kind of flattened out. Your typical camp, 
You know, if, you, if anybody can Google camps, summer camps, you're going to see a picture of this cabin. That's what it looked like. It had bunk beds, ton of bunk beds. It had an upstairs loft area with a, a main bed for our camp counselor and, you know, another bed. And it had a, it didn't have a, it, a bathroom in it. It did not have a bathroom. The bathrooms, you had to walk out of your cabin and go to the main one where the shower was. And then there were a couple outhouses. Now, we had an outhouse not too far from us, but we're boys, so we'll just go pee in the woods. Um, but it backed up to a forest that at night you could not see through. It was the perfect serial killer moment. True story, perfect serial killer moment. And because, I mean, I just, I, all I thought about was Michael, my, or Jason, or something back there just watching us. And at night, you'd see the, you'd hear the raccoons, coyotes, bats, all kinds of crap. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy how dark it was. And I think that was one of the things that I didn't anticipate, as stupid as that sounds. But anywho. So we get in there, we meet our camp counselor. Our camp counselor's name is Mike. I don't remember his last name. He's a cool dude. He's actually friends with one of my buddies, one of my buddies' brother. So we knew him kind of. I didn't realize he was gonna be our camp counselor until we got assigned this cabin. I don't remember our cabin name, but I remember the flag was orange. Our color was orange for our school. That's all I know. And we had it outside. And he was cool. He was like, guys, look. You guys can stay up all night. You know, you, you can stay up late, but at some point you got to go to bed. Like, don't stay up all night. You can stay up late. You can't leave. Once it's time to lock in the curfew, you need to stay. If you got to go pee, you need to creep around the side and pee. If you got to do the number two, I don't know what to tell you. Make sure that happens before you go to bed. He gave us the rules like showers, you know, whatever. And he's like, and we have to be up at certain times except for on these certain days. And most of the times that we were up was like 7 o'clock in the morning, typically. Sometimes 8, but 7 was, was the one. And he's like, I don't want you to bring girls back in here. He's like, if you see girls out in the common area walking by, yes, you can talk to them. The common area was just like a big trails, you know, like a center junction. But even the girls' showers and everything were on the opposite side. But he's like, I don't know. You're staying here. Period. He's like, don't go, you know, do not bring girls in here. He's like, I'll get in trouble. Other than that, I don't care. And we played our music. We had our, our you know, tape players. Because it was. There was no CDs. I mean, CDs were just creeping out. Just starting to really hit. We had our tapes. We are playing music. Um, and he was cool. And, and we kind of obeyed the rules for the first two nights. And, you know, and he kind of made sure we did obey the rules for the first two nights. And then we really started to change because we started to explore and do the events. I mean, we went on hikes, so we got to get a layout of the land. I remember we were hiking and we found this big giant pile of dirt. It literally looked like one of those termite dirts, termite dirts, <laughs> termite hills from like Africa. Like, you know, you see them all out in the, in the, I don't know, I was going to say safari, out in the fields and they're big, tall termites or, uh, you know, crazy fire ants that'll just like rip your legs off. That's what it looked like. Now, I wouldn't do this in Texas because we have fire ants like crazy. 
but it was thick and I never seen it before. And they were the thick black ants. They weren't like the little tiny, I don't even know what you're calling them, just normal black ant. These were thick where you could make out their, you know, you could make out their pieces of their body. And he was, him and another guy that was one of the leaders of the camp or scouts of the camp was teaching us about nature, showing us birds, showing us like what plants you could eat if you were out, you know, trapped, what plants you couldn't eat, the differences between poison ivy, poison oak, and poison sumac, which we pretty much knew that already. Um, but really kind of showing us some cool stuff. And it was fun. It was a great journey. But as we came to an end to go back to our camp, we found this pile of dirt. And he said, look, sometimes you got to eat things that you don't want to eat. And he grabbed a pile of dirt and some ants came out. And they weren't like coming out at you like the fire ants do. If you're not familiar with fire ants, I mean, I know you know what they are, but if you've never seen a fire ant hill go crazy, just Google fire ants, Texas. And I say that because they're insane. Even my son will see a pile of dirt and go, that's bad dirt, that's fire ants, don't touch. I've, I've taught him that because I'm telling you what, stepping on one of those things, forget it. They will find their way inside your shoe, your sock, your jeans, your pants, and they will bite you, bite you, and they will never stop. They just come out ready to bite. They don't even care if it's an accident. There's no like, ah, you didn't mean anything by it. They just come out ready to attack. They're the, they're the meanest things I've ever seen. I hate them. They serve no purpose. I'm sure they do, but in my book, they don't. So this was not that type of aggression. This was more along the lines of like, they're just running out because somebody touched them. You know, like somebody touched their, their nest. And if they are getting attacked, then they'll attack. And these guys had pinchers. I mean, you could see it. But what I saw him do was pick one up. And I have seen these ants walking around. And I don't know what type they are. I should look it up. And he said, you pop the head off and you can eat the body and it's protein. You can survive off this. And he was asking if we had any volunteers. So nobody does it at first because the idea of eating something that big it would almost be better to eat like a tiny one because you can't chew it or see it and you, and you gotta pop the head off, you gotta pinch the head off. So I remember it was me and my buddy Lance, called him Ziggy, and we popped, we were like, we're gonna do it. Because there's also girls there. And what girl doesn't wanna see her future makeout boy eat an ant? I mean, that's like the biggest turn on me in fifth grade. Oh, you like to eat ants? Cool, let's go kiss. <laughs> and maybe hold hands. I mean, that's, that's it. It's like it's in the fifth grade makeout book. So we do it. And I'm going to tell you right now, it wasn't as bad. I don't want to go eat them. But it wasn't as bad as I thought. It was actually kind of sweet. It actually had this sweet, tangy taste to it. Like I could see if I'm trapped in you know this area and I need to survive, popping some heads off these guys and eating them. It was sweet and tangy. I get why over in Japan they do this weird stuff and they eat these guys. And they got bigger ants over there than we do. You know, like dip them in some soy sauce or something. I get it. But yeah, it was sweet and tangy. And, and nobody, like the girls were kind of like, eh, and then they're like, oh, how do you feel afterwards? But it sparked up conversation with a certain group of girls that were kind of in our radar, if you know what I mean. Like we had kind of seen them at the beginning. They were now in this little group and now they're talking to us. 
And that's where I'm going to take a break. Give you guys a second. And we'll be back for part two. The same episode. Don't go anywhere. You don't have to wait till next week. Just take a little commercial break and we'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. Took a little commercial break there. I hope you guys uh, got a drink. Hope you guys are rested. We're going to get into the rest of the conversation about fifth grade camp. So we left off after we decided to eat some ants because, you know, that's the most logical thing you can do to impress a girl is eat ants. If you didn't know that, write that down. That's a tip. That's a free tip. Write that down. Eating ants, any sort of insect really will do the trick if you're trying to impress a girl and you're in fifth grade because everybody knows that girls love gross crap. So there you go. So we ate ants. <clears throat> I told you it was sweet. It was weird. It was, it was it was not as difficult as I thought it would be. Not again, not that I want to go back and eat ants. But we did. And others followed, but we, we paved the way for those wannabes, okay? But there's a group of girls there and some of the girls were from our school a girl named Rachel and Laura and all that. And there was a couple other girls that we didn't know that were from some of the other schools. Because like I told you, there's a lot of other schools here. I mean, a lot of other schools. So we were hanging out with these girls and these, you know, all the other school people and talking about the ants. And they were laughing and watching. But on the way back, because <clears throat> we're making our way back to the main area, and this was a pretty good hike. I gotta be real with you. This was not one of those make-believe, like, I'm just gonna, you know, pretend it's far. This was a decent, it was a pretty decent hike. So we made our way back and we were walking with these girls and we started to talk. And one of the, I, I, I guess I, you know what? I, see, this is where I have a problem. Like, I want to give a name away, but then I don't. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because... I don't think it even matters. And I don't think anybody truthfully has any contact with this person at all. I'm just going to say there was a girl there and we'll just call her A. And A was really super pretty. A super cute. Um, I remember her pretty vividly. Uh, you know, real dark eyes, light hair, light brown, almost blondish hair. Um, kind of a darker olive skin uh, like myself. And um, she had a bunch of friends with her. And and they were all pretty. Then again, we're fifth grade. So, you know, remember, it's fifth grade pretty. It's not supermodel. It's not, you know, Tom Brady's wife pretty. But, you know, they were really pretty. And we start talking. And instantly, I looked at A. Look, her name was Alyssa. I don't even care. So, I know her last name, too, for some reason. Isn't that weird? Is that weird? Is that serial killer-ish? Or do I just have a really strange memory of things? Um, her name was A, (laughs) no, her name was Alyssa, and I remember, I was like, oh my gosh, uh, it hit, it was the lightning bolt, it was the thunder, hit, boom, bam, Brandon's got a crush, and my buddies were like, whoa, you know, talking and whatever, and this Alyssa girl was kind of shy, I was not very shy, I'm still not very shy, even in fifth grade, I didn't care, I still talk to everybody, because who cares? That's what you do. I mean, otherwise, how are you ever going to grow in life if you just don't start talking? I'm going to take a sip of my water, guys. So we were um, <laughs> talking, and she started to talk to me. She was really actually funny. I remember laughing. like, And I'm not talking laughing like, oh, I'm going to laugh because I'm flirting with you. 
I'm talking like she made me laugh. And I thought that was cool. And some of her other friends were talking and, and we're all kind of pairing off with these girls. And she's walking with me back and talking and, and there's a lot of people on this hike and I'm thinking to myself, fifth grade camp, just we're about to take this to the sixth grade, you know what I'm saying? So we get back to the camp, we have to go our separate ways because again, now it's time for the guys to be guys and the girls to be girls, but we're gonna meet up with them for our meals. We always met up for them with our meals. Um, not every group could eat at the same time. They staggered them, but for the most part, you would, at mealtime, you would see them either in passing or rec time afterwards. We all just kind of hung around and talked like a recess, so to speak. So we go back to the cabin, and that's the first thing we're talking about. Oh, man, you know, I got, did you see her? Did you see her? Man, did you see Lisa? Oh, what about, yo, Alyssa? And my buddy Jason was like, dude, Alyssa's, dude, yeah, for sure. And I'm like, yeah, man, you know, we were talking, and he's like, yeah, I saw that, man. Dude, you know, props. And our camp counselor, Mike, was like, well, you know, I know I can find out where they're staying. And we're like, dude, we already know where they're staying. You know, they're staying in the girls' side. He's like, no, I can find out what cabin. Because we had no idea, unless the girls told us themselves, we had no idea what cabin they were staying at. They, they didn't just announce that. And we're like, all right. So we go to, you know, we're, we're doing our thing and, and we get to lunch. And I didn't see Alyssa at lunch. And I was really hoping to see her there. And I see Mike talking to one of the camp counselors for the girls. Because he knew her. And I didn't know this, but they used to date. Found that out later. Well, that night, after all of our activities, we did like a movie night. We went swimming. We played. They had games. They had like Camp Olympics. So you did like tug of war. And then you had to do like an obstacle course. And I got to be real with you, man. It was. It, they really gave it all. Besides the obvious mischief that we were getting into and the girls... They really gave it all at this camp. They put together some really cool activities. I mean, we had to go on a scavenger hunt in the woods, which was cool and creepy at the same time. Um, we played flashlight tag one night. I mean, they really did, they made it cool. It wasn't just like you're stuck in a cabin, go do stuff and you know, don't get a girl pregnant. It was, they really put together some cool activities and, and that always stuck out because all of us, none of us were too cool for them. We, we participated and we played flag football, volleyball, baseball. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, they, they wanted to wear you out so you would crash at night and you wouldn't go cause mischief. Unfortunately, they didn't know who they were dealing with because we were going to do what we want. So that night after we do all these activities, Mike's like, hey, they're staying in such and such camp. We're going to set something up and we're going to go meet them. Not tonight. But we're gonna, I'm, I'm, we're, I'm gonna make it happen for you guys. Well, the only reason he wanted to make it happen for us was because he wanted to go hook up with that other girl, the camp counselor. This is just like any Friday the 13th movie. Trust me. Um, so it was the next night or the night after, we're hanging out. And they tell us that it's our turn to do the uh, canoes. And I was like, great. So we partnered up. It was me and Jason in a canoe. And then we were just going in the middle of the lake. Now, this was a really big lake. I don't know how deep it was. I can't remember. But we all, we had to do canoe races, and then we had to just kind of cruise around. But we saw Mike go see that cabin over there. 
because he, you know, paddled up next to us. And I said, yeah, well, yeah, that's where they're staying. Okay. So it was literally directly across the lake and kind of to the side tucked in, but you could see it. It was like the lake went in a cove. You could see their cabin. They had a really nice view. So he said, tonight we're going to meet up with them. Cool. So we all do our check-ins. They made their rounds. And the people, that the like higher-ups, camp counselors, I don't know who they were, made their rounds to check in with our camp counselor to make sure that we were all there. And they did a head count. And then they'd leave. And they didn't care if we stayed up. I mean, they told us to go to bed. Uh, but they didn't really, they didn't like, you know, it wasn't like there was a noise complaint or anything. If we were running around the campground, they would have, they, you know, and busted us, we'd have gotten in trouble. So Mike waits. We wait like an hour and he's like, all right, who's coming with? <sighs> Me and Jason, Lance. Yeah, we're there. Let's do it. I think my buddy Chad said so too and a couple others stay back. All right. So he said, if anybody comes in, just you guys got to pretend you're sleeping. We'll be back in a little bit. Don't worry about it. Just pretend you're sleeping. So we're going, we're walking, we're creeping. And I'm thinking to myself, are we about to walk around this entire lake? Because if we're about to walk around this entire lake, that's going to be a problem. And I don't have time for it, nor do I want to do it. Because it's a big lake and it's pitch black outside pitch black so we're starting to walk and we're getting close to the lake and I look at Mike and I'm like dude what are we doing he's like we're getting these canoes and we're going across the lake at that point I'm like okay walking around the lake's a better idea you want us to canoe across the lake in the middle of the night to the girls cabin yeah that's how we're going to do it okay So not only are we going on this lake, we've only been on it once. We're sneaking out with our supposed leader, our responsible adult, to the girls' side, which we were told not to do, to their cabin, which we were told not to go in, and we were going to have to canoe back at some point. They weren't even going to meet. They weren't even meeting us halfway because Mike said, I don't want to get you in trouble. We'll come to you. So... That was the plan. We snuck, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, those canoes don't, those canoes are heavy. At least they felt heavy in fifth grade. So we snuck them in the water. It was me and Lance and Jason, Chad, and Mike in a canoe, in one canoe, and me and Lance were in the other. Two fifth graders paddling across the lake. Now, this wasn't one of the great lakes. This wasn't Lake Michigan. That would have been suicide. We would have been dead. But this was a big lake, and we are paddling across the lake, and I swear to God, I felt like Christopher Columbus. I was like, where am I? We're just going to call this America. I don't know where we're at, but it looks good. Let's call it America because I'm lost. Because when you're out there in the middle of the lake at night with, like, a flashlight, and the waves are coming, and it's not big, but you're in a canoe, and it's pitch black, and you're in fifth grade, the, the time it takes to get across is not, it's not like in a flash. It's not like what you see in the movies. They're like, oh, real quick, let me go. I understand why some of those people died on Friday the 13th when they were trying to get away from Jason in the lake because it's impossible to canoe across. It's completely impossible. And they were much bigger than me in those movies. So we're going across, and that's all I thought about. I was like, ah, here we go, we're going to die, Jason's coming. 
Somebody's coming out of the water. Oh, we're going to canoe over. And now I'm going to have to explain why I lost Lance. Lance is dead and I'm floating in the middle of the lake. So we're going across and we, and we see flashing lights. Not like sirens, not like police officers, but like a, a flashlight. Someone's flashing it. Well, that was, our, that was our lighthouse guiding us home. That was the camp counselor of the girls. I don't even know her name. And we were getting close. So we dock, so to speak. Pull, it, pull the canoe up. They help us. And we go into the girls' cabin. And there's like eight little scared girls there like, oh, boys are in our cabin. Oh my God, there's boys in our cabin. And then there's us like, yeah. We're dying, sweating, probably stink, sore. We just did this workout and we're ready to talk to these girls while Mike does whatever he does. Which... I, you know, I know what he did, but there, we'll just leave it at that. And so Alyssa comes out and she's like, did you just canoe across the lake? And I was like, yeah, how else are we going to get here? And she's like, you could have walked. And, you know, we're getting into that conversation and we're hanging out and everybody's pairing off. And then there's the random, you know, five other girls or four other girls that, you know, nobody cared about, but they were there talking with us and we were just hanging and it felt like we were there forever. And then Mike comes outside or downstairs or whatever and he's like hey we gotta go guys we gotta get back and I'm like can we walk and he's like if we walk it's gonna take us way longer and I don't know exactly how to get there I don't know exactly where the trails are I don't have a map no we can't walk we got a canoe back and I'm like son of a gun so in one night we canoed from one side of the lake to the other in fifth grade but as we left, Alyssa grabs my hand and squeezes it. And I'm like, ooh, all right, totally worth it. I was He-Man at that point because I just went across the lake like, and I got the girl. I mean, I, I mean, I might as well have just rescued her. You know, I was like the better looking version of Shrek, you know. And um, of course, we're all hyped up. Our adrenaline's rushing. Our testosterone's through the roof. If you hadn't gone through puberty, we just did. I mean, things were just crazy. And uh, we get back and, and nobody ever found out about it. Nobody. And none of the guys and none of the girls spread that around. Nobody. But that cemented our cool factor with Mike. So at that point, Mike gave us like we were in charge. He disappeared one night. I, he went and met his girl one night. And he put me and Lance and Jason in charge. Like, we were in charge. He's like, flat out, if you guys don't listen to him, I'm going to write you up. And if you had some, if you had a, you get a verbal warning and a write-up, and if you had more than one write-up, they'd call your parents, and they would make your parents come to get you. Or you'd have to, you'd have to spend the rest of the camp in the detention cabin. And then you could never, like, go to camp again or something like that, which didn't matter anyway because we were in fifth grade. But they had all these rules. So here we are in charge because we earned the respect and nobody said anything. But we did some other cool stuff, you know, and, and as we did the other cool stuff like fishing, uh, they had bow and arrows, they had like an archery class, which was really cool. Um, we really worked in with these girls, you know, Alyssa and her crew. And well, camp comes to an end, like all good things, like all good love stories, things come to an end. And I remember the last day, it was, no, it was the second to last day. And we had a big dinner 
We had an award ceremony, which is stupid. Nobody cared about. But then we got to do paintballs. Oh, my gosh. And this was back in the day. Like, paintball is way advanced. This was like, I mean, they still kind of hurt. But this was, they, they had like one gun you could use. But we had teams. And we went all out war. They set up this really cool obstacle course with hay bales and like little tunnels. And we were paintballing. Oh, my gosh. I had so much fun. At that moment, I forgot about the girls. I was just out there shooting everybody. It was it was awesome. I lost like four times. I got blasted, but I, dude, I wasted so many people. It was great because it was just you know we're boys and guns, and they said just go to town. Unlimited supply of paintballs, like you had a time limit, and they just kept giving it to you. It was so awesome. But I remember after the paintball war, we ran into our girls, and Alyssa's like, "Hey, there's a dance tomorrow." You know, make sure you come find me. Well, obviously. I mean, what else am I going to do? I am a man, right? So the next day, there was the big dance. This was my first dance. Now, I love to dance. I danced at weddings. I love to dance. I still love dance. I love everything about it. But I'm in fifth grade. This is my first dance with girls. And so we were kind of just, it was kind of the 50-50. The stereotypical, I shouldn't even say 50-50. It was the stereotypical kid dance where there are some of them off to the side. Some of them are over here. Some of them are talking in groups. There's girls talking to guys, there's, but not a lot of dancing. And you had the few people that didn't care. And they were playing music and I'd come out and dance a little and make people laugh. And then I remember Alyssa's like, okay, we got a slow dance. And she had this cowboy hat on, this white cowboy hat and these boots. And we're not in Texas, okay? She was from the country, so to speak. Like, not the city. She lived out there. But still, I was like, it was weird to me because I was like, ooh, this is not working for me. But I didn't care because she had super, like, long hair and I love hair. So, um, it, anyway, and we danced. <laughs> and it had to be the most awkward dance in the world because I can envision it. I have no idea what song it was. You know, but I can envision it. And I'm like, this is awkward. And she was about my height, you know, whatever. Um, but she had like this bright pink shirt on and this white cowboy hat. Oh my God, it was crazy. Um, and then Jason was, I looked for Jason and I couldn't find him. And Lance was like, have you seen Jason? And I'm like, no. Well, we got to stop because our boy's missing. So we go to look for Jason and he's arguing with this chick about something. And I asked him, what's going on? Well, she got mad because I told her that originally I was hoping to talk to Alyssa first, not her. I was like, why would you do that, number one? Number two, why are you messing with my girl? And he was cool about it. He's like, no, I'm just being honest. And I don't know. It's just a little fifth grade crap. But she was upset. So then Alyssa had to go consult her and Alyssa was gone. They left. That was the end. I didn't see her that night or nothing. So the next day, we're packing up. We're cleaning the cabin. We're doing the checkout. We're getting ready to go back to the bus and go back to the real world. No more rolling across the river. No more peeing in the dark at night. No more, you know, flashlight tags and fishing and sneaking out. None of that. We were going to have to go back to our parents' house and deal with the real world. A good thing we were coming back on a weekend so I could sleep and not 
worry about school. But I had to see Alyssa. I had to, because you got to remember, no cell phones. Chat rooms weren't even around really back then. No MySpace, social media, podcast was nothing. You had to write a letter or call. Landlines, letters. That's it. So I had to find her. So we found her and the crew. We found the girls. Jason, of course, was screwed. I talked to Alyssa. I was like, man, it really sucks. I was like, hey, I need your address so we can be in touch. So they gave us these, like, yearbooks. It was it was actually kind of cool. It was like a makeshift yearbook of pictures, and then they would send us a copy of the real yearbook, you know, like of all the pictures and, and all that. But they gave us one, and I said, just write your number and address on here. I'll write you. And she wrote her number and her address. And then we kissed. Bam. Brandon sealed the deal. Fifth grade. And we kissed. And I was like, this might have been the greatest week of my entire life. Of course, that was fifth grade. So, you know, (laughs) the expectations and the standards are pretty low. You know, like having a snow day was up there with, you know, making out with a chick. So... I got her number, whatever. We go back. Most of us slept on the way home. A lot of the girls, it was funny because a lot of the girls that rolled out there with us were kind of jealous of all the new girls that we met because they were trying to talk to boys, but we were also their boys, so they didn't like the fact that other girls were, you know, infringing on their territory, so to speak. It's like, hey, you can't come over and pee on my tree, you know? And so it was kind of funny. They didn't talk to us for a while. And they didn't like it back in school when that's all we talked about was, oh, you remember this? They hated it. They were not friends with Alyssa and her posse. The time goes by, we get back, we're coming off that high, and I'm trying to figure out when is a good time to call her. You can't do it right away. You got to play it cool. And you can't wait too long. I didn't know this. But my buddy Jason did something kind of shady. He called her. No, his girl called him from Alyssa's house. And then Alyssa and him started talking days before I called Alyssa. And she was cool with me, but she was still talking to him. And I didn't know that. She wrote me, sent me like a picture And I wrote her once, but she was talking to him on the phone a lot. And I remember I finally asked her something. I said, hey, have you talked to anybody else? And she was like, yeah, I talked to Jason. And I'm like, what? And we started talking back and forth. And I was kind of angry, but I wasn't. I I called Jason. He explained, you know, and obviously, look, guys, fifth grade, nothing's happening, okay? But it just rubbed me the wrong way because I was like, this is my boy, And he went behind my back, whether it was intentional or not. It became intentional. That was probably the first time in my life that I realized people are shady, man. Not that I realized people are shady, but I was like, your friends shouldn't be doing that. Like, I understood that it was wrong, you know? But we got invited. This was months later. Summertime had hit. I knew we weren't in school. We got invited to a party. And it was at Alyssa's house. She had moved, so she was about 40 minutes closer to us. And it was a spin-the-night party. So we were fifth grade going into sixth grade. 
and her parents were going to be there and boys could spend the night, which my parents were not going to fly for that. So obviously I had to come up with an excuse. I had to go spend the night at my buddy Jason's house or Chad's house. And I did. Got dropped off there anyway. So <laughs> we go out to their house. She's got a really big house. And it was like a fifth grade camp reunion almost because a lot of her friends obviously went to that school and we met all of them at fifth grade camp. And we're hanging out and Jason apologizes to me and says, look, man, I do like her, but she talked about you a lot and she's super happy you're here. So I'm going to bow out of this conversation. So he bowed out of it and he just started hanging out with his old girl again. And we have good party. We... We went swimming, she had a bonfire, we, we did a pinata, and then we were gonna crash, and the parents were like, look, you guys can stay up all night, but when you go to sleep, the boys must be here and the girls must be here. Cause that always works. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, we crossed a lake for these girls. You think that a flight of stairs is gonna matter to us? And obviously her dad was a big dude, and you know, you don't wanna, you don't wanna make dad mad in his own house, but we just decided to stay up all night. And so it was me, Jason, Lance, Alyssa, and two other girls or whatever. But Alyssa and I decided to go for a walk. I don't know if you could see my air quotations. Walk. And I started talking to her about the Jason thing. And we walked down on a piece of her property. You get kind of to like a away from the house. And it was fifth grade. That's all I'm going to say. It was fifth grade. Go, well, it wasn't fifth grade. We're technically, we were sixth graders. Makeout session. As awkward as that probably was, <laughs> that's what happened. And then the next day, she tells me, I'm going to call you. Or no, she tells me, hey, give me a call. Um, hopefully we can see each other again. If not, though, it was really nice knowing you. It was like something, I'm like, did I make out with her badly? So I looked at her and I'm like, what do you, what do you mean it's nice knowing you? And she's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know when we're going to see each other again. We can talk to each other, but you know, I, I don't think I'm going to be out your way anytime soon. And I'm like, it was something about it. She's probably just blowing me off. You know, who knows? But it was something about it. I was like, what? That doesn't make sense. And it did. She was right. She was probably way more mature than I was. Because we talked for a couple of weeks after that, and then I was like, eh, I don't even care anymore. Like, Summer Lovin' had me a blast, you know? I get what John Travolta was talking about. It's over. I'm done. I don't even care. And even Brown, we all, I almost said his last name, my buddy Jason, we all just kind of split away from that group. Like, we, we rolled together all through high school, but it was almost as if the honeymoon and romance and fun and excitement of fifth grade camp wore off at that party we hit sixth grade and we didn't look back it was a different level but it's very very funny because it had an impact on us not just the making out that was great but and I, I thought it was even great but when I ran into these guys at the South Line Hotel, and I, I think you guys have heard me mention that before. You know, it used to be like the, the main bar that we would go to the day before Thanksgiving. It was like a reunion. You know, everybody's back from school, from and we just party there. And I saw these guys, and I remember us drinking a lot. 
everybody brought up fifth grade camp. Dude, you remember we went to fifth grade camp? And I'm talking, we were out of high school. Some of us didn't even live in the state anymore. Some of us were, you know, college far away. And we would, man, do you remember fifth grade camp? And not too long ago on Facebook, one of them posted old school pictures of school, like back from high school. And there's a picture of us all standing in front of our cabin at fifth grade camp. And I was like, oh my God. So that moment in our lives, forget, forget, like I said, the make out and the girls and all that. That moment in our lives had such an impact on us because we bonded so heavily at that camp. I mean, I'm not just talking about like because we were there together. Oh, we met some new guys. We did. And I could tell you stories about them, but I don't feel like it. But we as a crew, as a, as a, you know, it, were, it was those movies. It was a movie moment. It was Sandlot. It was Goonies. It was Stand By Me. It was, it was those movie moments that you're like, it might have been, you know, it, <laughs> the Losers Club or whatever. Um, but it was those moments that brought kids together, teenagers, not teenagers, but, you know, I, I guess technically, but brought kids together. And it was such an important piece of, of my life because we experienced that freedom. We experienced that excitement. We experienced things that we wouldn't normally, if I didn't go to fifth grade camp, I wouldn't have experienced some of the things that I did there. You know, from my first paintball, from shooting my first bow and arrow, making my first fire, like without like gasoline, you know, learning how to, you know, I rode a horse, you know, all these things. And it was really cool. And then of course the stuff that we learn as adolescents, as young boys growing up, girls and making out and rowing across a river or <laughs> not a river, but a lake. I would have never experienced, I would never had that story. And it was really cool to see it impact other people. And it was really cool to see it impact my other guy friends who didn't show that excitement all the time. They were too cool. And these are, you know, jocks. They, they got into the football thing. They got into baseball and they were just jocks. So they were awesome. They were my boys, but they didn't go, they didn't think about that. Oh, hey, man, you remember fifth grade camp? They, they weren't like that. But to see them years later and be like, dude, do you remember fifth grade camp? How great was that? So it had an impact on them. And I know just like every, just like myself, they think about that. You know, they remember that. If I was to sit down with them today, I bet you they could tell me stories and I could tell them stories in great detail as if it was just yesterday. And here we are almost 43 years old talking about fifth grade camp so well that's it guys i i it was a, it was a great time reminiscing going back to camp crystal lake i don't know the name of it but that would have been great if it was camp crystal lake it, it wasn't though but and it was it was great to talk about those moments i hope you guys enjoyed it i appreciate you listening on the life of an average joe podcast don't forget to check out the rest of the, the shows that you might have missed if you did miss any. And don't forget to join me next Wednesday, every Wednesday, dropping new episodes. Um, got some real fun stuff coming up. We got a Halloween one coming up I can't wait for. Got uh, finally spliced together the interview with Ken. Got some really good stuff coming up. So uh, thanks for following the Life of an Average Joe podcast. Looking forward to uh, hearing your comments. You can follow me on all the social media platforms. But for now... 
I'm out of here. Thanks for listening to Life on Average Joe podcast. But before I go, I just want to say, look, I need you to do me a favor. Besides going to Facebook and liking and following my page, the Life of an Average Joe podcast featuring Brandon Navera. And don't forget, we're on Instagram too, Life of an Average Joe podcast. Go there as well. Twitter, everywhere. Make sure you follow. We've got contests. I've got uh, backstage, you know, behind the scenes, uh, bonus episodes, all kinds of fun stuff. So make sure you follow and stay up to date with that. I need you to do something else, though. I need you to listen to me. Next time that you're looking for a good local beer, and you know I'm not going to steer you wrong. I'm not, because I know beer. I need you to check out Oasis Texas Brewing Company down in Austin. Man, Oasis is making some good stuff. I know I'm getting ready to go down there in a couple months to do a podcast with the guys from Oasis. I can't wait. I'm also apologizing ahead of time because I have no idea what the podcast is going to be about. But they are a bunch of great guys. They make great beer. And it really does kind of feel like Austin. When you look at the can, when you look at the names of their beer, when you look at their history, it's Austin. Unfortunately, it doesn't go up to Michigan, so you guys are going to have to come down to here. But go to their website. Check them out. Go to their social media. Oasis Texas Brewing Company. Amazing. Amazing. Oasis makes great stuff. I've said it again. The Meta Modern IPA is one of the best go-to IPAs in the state of Texas. And I want to thank them for supporting the life of an average Joe. And I encourage you to go check them out. And follow me on social media.